This is Fred Ricciani and Scott Anderson, TSC News. We are here to recap WWE WrestleMania 33. I was going to say April 2nd, but it is now officially April 3rd, 2017, a Monday. I think we just had the longest WWE show in history. Seven hours long. And God bless Scott Anderson, who actually decided to get on camera for once, dress up in a nice suit and tie, and his New Day horn. Man, oh man, oh man, oh man, what a WrestleMania. We just witnessed Undertaker's last ride. We witnessed several title changes. We witnessed an amazing comeback featuring some broken brilliance, and we're here to talk about it. We're also going to answer some of your questions live on the air, read some of your comments, give some shout-outs, you name it. If you want to join the conversation, comment in the live chat on YouTube Tweet us at Sports Courier using the hashtag TSC News or hit us up on Facebook.com slash the Sports Courier. Pardon me if I'm a little mentally exhausted right now. I think we all are, and I think the people in the arena or that are leaving the arena certainly are because this show literally just wrapped up. Scott, how you feeling? I'm tired, man. I was up at 8 this morning. Uh, yeah, it's a long show for sure. I had a buddy down there live in Orlando. He uh, got to the building probably about 10 hours ago now. Uh, yeah, it was a long night for sure. Good matches, great pay-per-view altogether. But, you know, the negative about WWE having their own network for sure is the fact that it can be, uh, what, 12-18 now on the East Coast. And uh, they're just going off the air about five minutes ago. So it's a long night for sure. Yeah, and I would imagine a lot of the people that watch WWE, including us, have jobs. And, you know, a lot of us have to wake up early for these jobs. And like you and I, we have to also commute to these jobs. And it's going to be a long day for us. Well, for me, I don't have to go to work until about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. But I do have to wake up at uh, seven and a half hours to take my daughter to school. So, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be fun. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So... Anyway, where the hell do we start here? We had the, the, the main event, which is Undertaker versus Roman Reigns. We had the Hardy Boys return. I mean, my goodness gracious. And we're also going to get Kim Angle, our buddy, on the phone, who was at the Orlando Citrus Bowl for WrestleMania. But I guess You, you know, so- you're, forget- you're forgetting another return, by the way, Fred. Jim Ross. There you go. Yeah, our buddy Jim Ross. Uh, God bless him. God rest uh, Jen Ross's soul. He signed a new deal with WWE. It was almost like a, a gift from her, you know what I mean? In a weird, like, spiritual way, kind of. And, yeah. uh, you know, he's been gone for so long, and then, you know, he decides I'm going to go work in Orlando, and even even though he had every right to miss all his appearances, and then what happens? WWE says, you know what? We're going to bring you back. And it's weird because he's technically still under contract with Access, but I think he's going to be on, like, the major shows and, and some network specials, which is pretty cool, and came out for the last match, which began, I think, think at 11:30 maybe 11:35 yeah and a little it was, bit after 11:30 and it was Undertaker versus Roman Reigns and Roman Reigns was definitely a heel in the match he had his work cut out for him as we talked about before this pay-per-view Undertaker did not move well at all and I I just didn't like the layout of the match I did not like the match placement I know it's WrestleMania and they could go as long as they want but I think they did a great disservice to The Undertaker. You know what? Undertaker, do a disservice to Undertaker, I'd say maybe yes. But at the end of the day, you know, he got his moment at the end and everything, which we'll talk about. I think they did a huge disservice to Roman Reigns. 
Because for the second straight year, this dude had his main event match go on well after 11 o'clock when the crowd and viewers around the world were mentally, and you know, maybe at times physically, exhausted. Never mind the sure. fact that the match layout was not all that great. I mean, they started off strong, uh, beating each other up, very aggressive. Undertaker knocked Roman out of the ring a few times, said, this is my yard. Uh, we had a, a spear through the Spanish announcer's table, I believe. Uh, you know, we had, some, we had some cool spots here and there. We had Undertaker hit the tombstone. Roman Reigns kicked out. And then things got kind of sloppy. Kind of weird. And Scott, you know which spot I'm talking about, where Roman Reigns looked like he was going to reverse the tombstone, where, you know, you tip yes. take her over and, you know, flip him upside down and you get into the tombstone. I mean, they've done it in almost every major Undertaker match, you know, right? I mean, Shawn Michaels, mm -hmm. Undertaker, Edge, Undertaker, Batista, Undertaker was probably the coolest looking one at WrestleMania 23. Yeah, it's been done plenty of times, for yes. sure. And Undertaker just collapsed. They bought Twice. It. Twice. And it was really yeah. sad, and thankfully, the crowd was either either too tired or had too much respect for Taker to chant UF'd up. And they ended up having Roman Reigns hit the Superman punch on Undertaker, but Undertaker kicked out. And at the end, and, and this took forever, man. At the end, we had Undertaker go for get hit by not one, not two, but three spears to lose clean in the middle of the ring. It was really weird because he kicked out of one spear, took forever to get up, got hit with another spear, kicked out, took forever to get up. And then after that, Roman Reigns picks Undertaker up or Undertaker slowly rises up, but he kind of sort of picks Undertaker up and he says, okay, this is my yard now. And he like uppercuts him a couple times and, and then just bounces off the ropes like once or twice, gets some more momentum, hits the spear. Pins Undertaker. It was a pretty heelish way to do the I'm sorry, I love you moment, as we saw the last time WrestleMania was in the Citrus Bowl, WrestleMania 24, with Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair. And Undertaker got pinned, one, two, three. Roman just stared back at the ring on the ramp, the gigantic ramp, with the beautiful set, but the gigantic 84-yard ramp. Yeah. Here's and my video went out, by the way, Fred. I don't know what happened there. It's okay. I guess the camera doesn't love me, apparently. Hey, it's all right. The crowd didn't love Roman Reigns as the fireworks went off. And Man, is there if they are keeping Roman Reigns as a babyface, is there a worse way than this? I mean, seriously, at least do like the Nick Diaz, Frank Shamrock moment, for those that don't know, back in Strike Force. I think it was Nick uh, Frank Shamrock's last fight at Strike Force. It could be wrong. One of his last fights. Uh, Nick Diaz kicked Ken Shamrock. Ken Shamrock broke his arm, collapsed in a heap, and the, the fight was over. And afterwards, Nick Diaz, who if you guys know anything about Nick Diaz, is this brash, cocky guy that likes to talk trash, picked Frank Shamrock up off the mat and said, you're a legend, raised his arm, and let Frank Shamrock have his moment. I think it would have been pretty classy and pretty cool if, Ro if they had Roman Reigns do that. Now, I know... It was better, to, I guess, in a way, as a standalone moment to have Undertaker lay there and then eventually rise up. But I don't know. If you're trying to make Roman Reigns a, the top babyface, man, they didn't do a good job here. Maybe they just said he's going to be heel anyway. Let's have him act heelish. I don't know. <sighs> but that's what happened. So, yeah, we had Undertaker lay on the mat. Roman Reigns walked away. Afterwards... Undertaker rose up, crowd chanted, thank you, Taker. Then we heard Undertaker's music. 
They showed several replays of what happened in the match. And then Undertaker took his gear, had it already on after the replays ended, left his gloves in the middle of the ring, left his jacket in the middle of the ring, and then he left his hat in the middle of the ring. And this crowd that had been patiently sitting around for seven hours gave Undertaker a thunderous ovation, told him thank you. He went outside, he kissed his wife, Michelle McCool, former Divas and Women's Champion, in the front row, hugged his kids, walked down the ramp, turned back to the ring one last time, raised his fist, and then got lowered down, presumably, to hell, or hell's gate. And, yeah, Scott, that is the end of The Undertaker. Scott? Yeah, 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 it is. Yeah. Uh, I'm still kind of weeping over that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it was sad for sure. It was a good ending. I know off camera when they went up to the ramp, uh, the ramp was lit on fire like Undertaker does, so that was cool. I get the ending of it. I agree with the placement. I agree with the layout. Not very well done. Roman back-to-back manias has not had good main events, but I get why they did it, being it's The Undertaker's last match. So I can't complain. You know what's sad about this? You said two straight manias, he's had no good matches, right? Right. They actually think that they were doing right by him in this position. They actually think they were doing a good job. Yeah. Think about that. They think they're doing a good job with Roman Reigns. Somebody thought it was a great idea to have his match go on well after 11 o'clock for the second straight year against one of the most beloved superstars in WWE history. Somebody thought that was a good idea. Well, you couldn't do what you did and not have it as the main event. you know. True, so. but you also didn't have to have the event go on for seven hours. If well, you're, if except you're, for Pitbull performing, what do you cut out? Dude, WrestleMania 20, and, I, I and WrestleMania 20 was not as good of a card as this. But WrestleMania 20, I believe, once had 12 matches on the show. No, a lot of the earlier WrestleManias did. I know. And I know. they somehow magically got done within four hours. Different time. I don't, not an 84-yard entrance ramp either. True, but still. We've had WrestleManias with a ridiculous number of matches. I mean, I think WrestleMania 20 is the one that stands out to me as the one that had probably the most in the history before this one. Uh, but seriously, that's insane. I'm just looking at the times for that match. That match went 23 minutes. It didn't seem like it went that long. Huh. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Just, man, oh, man. The, I, it's, it's weird because on one hand, it was a great send-off for The Undertaker even though the match was not really good at all. At the same at the same time, uh, I don't know how to how to put it in a way that, that doesn't sound mind boggling. A top babyface in WWE just pinned the Undertaker in his last match in the main event of WrestleMania 33, and I honest to God believe it did absolutely nothing for that babyface. Is it fair I- to say that that win? over The Undertaker in his last match, unless Roman Reigns is turning heel, did literally nothing for him. Yeah. Uh, I That's mean, kind of sad. It wasn't going to do anything for him anyway. So, I mean, as far as that goes, I, I get it. But, yeah, I mean, 
And I don't want to be it that guy. One situation. We know I don't want to be that guy. Okay. I do not want to be that guy in all caps. Nice. But you do realize something. We never got Undertaker versus John Cena at WrestleMania. Well, we never got Sting and Undertaker either, so Yeah. You and know what ever... though? If this match if this match was the same with John Cena, I'm glad we didn't get John Cena versus the Undertaker. No disrespect to Roman Reigns, I think this match would have been better with John Cena. Not as far as maybe like technically or anything like that, but I think more so just the re- the crowd. I mean, I think well, the crowd. If, if Cena was doing some of Roman's heel moves, he might have gotten cheered. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe as far as that goes, but I don't know. It just—I don't know, man. It's, uh, yeah, uh, I'm gonna... it is what it is. Undertaker's career is over. Much respect to the Undertaker. God bless him. He had—he had, he had a, a great career. It was great to hear Jim Ross on commentary. The few minutes that Jim Ross spent on commentary were probably the best commentary we've heard in WWE in the last five, six years. So there is that bright side right there. Actually, I think the last major match Jim Ross called was, I think, was it not WrestleMania in Orlando, WrestleMania in Miami, I think. WrestleMania 28, when Undertaker wrestled Triple H, and it was the end of the era match, which I recall saying I thought Triple H and Undertaker should have retired after that match because they couldn't peak after that. Now, Triple H ended up having some great matches after that. Undertaker had a couple more really good matches, but... Yeah, I think it's safe to say Undertaker probably should have retired a few years ago. So, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, man. it was tough to watch, but yeah. Yeah, and our buddy Kim says that she will message us when she's back home, assuming she gets right. through that Orlando traffic. So when she's back home, we'll try to get her on the air, and we'll chat about her live event experience. But, man, I know, I know everybody's tired. Let's go through the show for people that didn't see it or interested in our, our thoughts real quickly. I just want to give a shout-out to some of the people that are watching us live. Uh, Telvin Kipapa, who says that most of the right people won. Brian Gaxiola is saying, what's up? What's up, guys? Russ Broski said, if Undertaker will stay in character or break character in his Hall of Fame speech, breaking character would be probably similar to his real-life self, not the dead man self. Sorry about that. It's so late here that my... Uh... My hands accidentally exited out of Skype. I apologize. Oh, no worries. No worries. Uh, it's, all, it's all good, man. Yeah, I'm, I know you're sad about The Undertaker and your, your little emotional. I'm still emotional injury. about what we saw about 930 as well, which we'll get to. So, yeah. You know, oh, my God. Yeah, my eye, that's so, right. Yeah. Jonathan Dorr says, delete, 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 delete. Mr. Po- Mr. Poppins, who might be related to Mary Poppins, says, great WrestleMania minus the last part. Terrell Scott, I like the Orton match, too. The ring stunts were great slash creepy. They were pretty creepy. It was different. Very, very different. Uh, okay, Mike Hood said, says we should have a moment of silence. Uh, we definitely did uh, in our own time. Harvey Cash, what's up, Fred? Hey, just, just recapping WrestleMania. And Alan Wu, he says, uh, this is almost like Michael Jackson dying in Storyline. I mean, mm, uh, that's a little dramatic. I don't know if I'd go that far. Yeah, but, yeah. it's a little dramatic, dude. But, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's rough. So, all right, let's... Start from the bottom, I guess, shall we? The, way back several years ago at 5.30. <laughs> Pretty much. Back when the sun was shining, there was no weather issues. I was a few years younger, yeah. Yeah. We had Neville yeah. versus Austin Aries for the Cruiserweight Championship. This was an awesome match. I wish it got better placement, but... Hey. 
And they gave it 15 minutes. Yeah, so. you know what, though? If it was on the main card, it would have gone like 5, 10 minutes. Maybe. Exactly. Maybe. So, yeah. Neville beat Ares with the red arrow. This is a brilliant spot where Ares locked in the last chancery. Neville raked Ares' eyes, Ares' injured eye, where he had the broken orbital bone. And it was away from the referee's viewpoint. Neville then went for the red arrow, hit it, got the one, two, three. I predict tonight on Raw that they are going to have Neville versus Aries in a rematch, and Aries in front of a hot WrestleMania Monday Raw crowd is going to pin Aries, um, pin Neville, excuse me, to win the Cruiserweight Championship. Which is another great way to kill 205 Live. Yeah, but you know what? I think it's better on Raw. It's going to make it a bigger deal, but I, I know, no, I know I agree, what you're saying. But... Yeah. Mojo Raleigh won the freaking Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. That did well, not include Samoa Joe. There's a reason Mojo won the that match, and we know why. But more importantly, Jinder Mahal was the last one that he eliminated. Yes. Oh, Jinder Mahal, who reportedly half-assed it like crazy on the indies when he was not in WWE, and a guy who has not improved the lick since he's been back in WWE, although he's gotten bigger muscles and, you know, Bigger veins, Bigger pushes, at least. Yeah, yeah I mean, I guess his pushes improved. Car. He went from being a complete jobber to a guy that's more often than not a jobber. And oh, this is ridiculous. Also, Finn Balor at the house show, so... This is ridiculous. What's that? Freaking Big Show and Braun Strowman. Big Show, apparently, in his last match. Allegedly, his last match. Yeah. According to Bleacher Report. Got eliminated with, with Braun Strowman when... Half of the wrestlers eliminated Braun, and half of the wrestlers eliminated Big Show. No, that's not true. Braun eliminated Big Show by himself. Oh, did he? I believe so, yes. And okay. then everybody else eliminated Braun. Started out with about 15 guys getting tossed out by Braun and Big Show within about the first two minutes. And then just kind of went on. Uh, you know, it, it was interesting. Yeah, I mean, I thought Sami Zayn was going to win it, but I was... Pleasantly surprised, unpleasantly, and uh, somebody didn't give security the script, but that's okay. Yeah, uh, what happened was there were a few guys left in the ring. Jinder Mahal knocked Mojo out of the ring, and then Gronk, Rob Gronkowski, just happens to be in the front row, uh, Mojo's best friend, a.k.a. maybe the greatest, I don't want to say the greatest tight end yet that's ever played in NFL history, but already one of the greatest tight ends in NFL history, statistically. And he poked fun at him, threw his drink on him, and of course this sets up the WrestleMania moment, the ESPN moment, of Gronk entering the ring. But somebody didn't clue this security guard, who ran her ass off to stop Gronk from going in, and he went back to his seat for the time being. Or they made it look really good. No, they did, uh, yeah, you know, one, or, one or the other. I, I couldn't tell that, they, that she wasn't in it at first, but... After a while, when they were stalling, I was like, okay, does this lady not realize that this is part of the show? And, hey, not her fault. If nobody clued her in, you know, at the end of the day, she's just doing her job. Yeah. And so eventually, somebody smartened her up. They let Gronk hop the barricade, went in the ring, shoulder tackled Jinder Mahal, gave him a freaking Monty Brown-style pounce, or Marcus Corvon for any of the old WWE ECW fans. Mm. And, yeah, I know, that's an obscure reference. And eventually, Mojo eliminated Killian, Killian, is it Killian or Killian? I think it's Killian Dane. Killian Dane. There you go. I don't know why I keep mispronouncing that. I know it was, yeah. I know it was Big Demo. So he eliminated Big Demo, and then afterwards he eliminated Jinder Mahal. Yes, Jinder Mahal was the last person in this battle royal. 
and Mojo won. And he celebrated with Gronk. And I, I don't think Mojo's been on TV since the uh, Royal Rumble, has he? He's been on a, a little bit. I mean, my God. He hasn't done much. Yeah. No, he was on it, TV on SmackDown, but he was in that random 10-man tag. Oh, uh, yeah. See how easy I forget? What annoyed me was not just Big Show getting eliminated like a geek in his last match, just that early in the match. It wasn't just Braun Strowman getting eliminated when the guy looks to be a legit headliner down the road if pushed correctly. What annoyed me even more was Sami Zayn being eliminated. The Usos, the brand new tag team champions who had a great match with American Alpha, looking like jobbers, just getting eliminated randomly. Same thing with American Alpha. Just, I'm not, I'm not a fan. I'm not, not a fan of this. This is stupid. Whatever. Mojo wins. Seems like a nice guy. Seems like a fun guy to go to the club with. I want to hang out with him in real life, but I, I don't really want to see him wrestle. Unfortunately, it seems like this battle royal started out as something great, and it's just turned into kind of a thing, and that's the sad part. But, you know, hopefully not. I mean, you have a four-and-a-half-hour show, almost, well, five-hour show. You should put some more big names in it, kind of make it mean something, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Kind of sad. Yeah, it was it was pretty lame. We had Baron Corbin take on Dean Ambrose for the Intercontinental Championship. This got bumped to the pre-show. Okay, match. I feel like Dean Ambrose has kind of been wrestling in slow motion in recent months. And this was the case here. I mean, there was even a, a Dirty Deeds that seemed like it was a little slow. I don't know. I mean, I get maybe it's the quality of opposition. Uh, he pinned Baron Corbin clean with the Dirty Deeds. One, two, three. They gave the match a whole ten minutes. Why did Dean Ambrose oh, win this match? Him. For the same reason Neville did, I suppose. So Baron can win on SmackDown? I mean, I but guess. If, but, but if you're going to beat Baron Corbin, who you want to push as a future world champion, Mago, why the hell is he losing clean like this? Never mind the fact that I argued on the pre-show that I did earlier on this channel that they should have Baron Corbin pretty much go undefeated from here on out up until maybe SummerSlam. Or maybe protect him at least like they did in NXT where he rarely lost. He loses clean. Middle of the ring. And on top of that, Dean Ambrose doesn't barely cover him. He gets on top of him and he does like a Naomi-style cover after she does like the rear view. And he just pulls the leg back. One, two, three. Really? That's it? I'm not even the biggest Baron Corbin fan. But if you're going to have this guy win the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, if you're going to give him a cool finish for like the end of days, if you're going to keep touting him as a future world champion... He should not be losing randomly to Randy Orton via distraction, and he should not be losing to Dean Ambrose. Yeah. I guess that's all you got. (sighs) All right. We had AJ Styles and Shane McMahon open the show. Very interesting. Yeah. Unfortunately, next year AJ is going to be on the pre-show because he went from match two last year to match one this year to well. Oh God, don't say that. Only one way to go. Uh, man, they had a surprisingly very good match, uh, but the the match was very polarizing. There was a part of me that loved the fact that AJ Styles took Shane McMahon's old ass, who can't be bothered to dye his damn hair black, and made it into a spectacle. 
And there's a part of me that saw Shane McMahon beat up AJ. Out jujitsu AJ. Keep in mind, AJ Styles has some MMA training. AJ Styles has a legitimate amateur wrestling background. I think at one point, AJ Styles was going to open up a wrestling academy. He already has one in Gainesville, Georgia. I know when I interviewed him four years ago, he said he was interested in opening up some type of academy or something. But it might be after he retires or something, but still. And then Shane did something that just nearly set me over to deep end until AJ got the win. Can I guess what it is? He kicked? Okay, go ahead. Well, what, that he kicked out of every finisher AJ gave him or that he reversed the... Uh, the uh, Phenomenal oh. forearm? Yes, thank you. Yeah, no, I, no, sorry. no, no. It, wasn't, it was the 450 splash, wasn't it? When he was on the ground and... Oh, yeah, like, and he, and he walked yeah. in the, the triangle or whatever yes. the triangle was supposed to be? Yes. It was like a fry angle. Uh, huh? no. no, no, no. What pissed me off was the Styles Clash kick out. Well, how's about reversing the calf crusher? That too. I mean, he did it last year though with Undertaker, so it is what it is. You and know? JBL kept saying, Shane McMahon, people don't realize, is built like an NFL linebacker. What? You have to sell your product, okay? <laughs> I've interviewed a whole lot of linebackers in my day, Scott, in the history of this website. Right. Do you know how many of them look like Shane McMahon? Not many. Zero. I've interviewed a couple punters that look like Shane McMahon. Actually, they look more athletic than Shane. I think my accountant looks more athletic than Shane McMahon. So, yeah. Anyway, we got to the highlight of the match, or one of the highlights, where uh, there, was, there was a point in time where ref got bumped. Yeah, a ref bump in the freaking opening match. They get trash cans. And Shane McMahon is able to stop AJ from going for a Van Terminator, a.k.a. Coast to Coast. Shane hits it perfectly. AJ kicks out. And then Shane decides, you know what? I'm going to try to kill myself one more time here. And I'm going to go for a shooting star press. And to his credit, this billionaire Mark almost got it up perfectly. Missed AJ. Spot on the mat. Well, he landed on his knees. Let's... uh first say that how we didn't blow out a knee is beyond me yeah and then aj hit the phenomenal forearm and mercifully got the pin uh one of the other highlights in the match or low lights was shane going for a diving elbow through the announcer's table aj miss moving and then shane crashing and burning Hmm. also uh, aj went for a drop kick when shane was on the apron and then shane just flew into the announcer's table as well so that was another highlight slash low light aj gets his first wrestlemania win at least he got a main event level spotlight all throughout this build on SmackDown. But I do not need to see Shane McMahon in any more matches. He seems like a cool... In spite of what I say about him as a wrestler, he seems like a cool guy in real life. I would definitely like to chill with him. Seems like a really nice guy. He's a very likable person. But I do not need to see this dude in the ring ever again. Ever. Russ Broski says... Shane's 47 and can go with some of the younger guys. Okay. But he's not a wrestler. So keep him out of my ring. That's it. At this point, yeah. Yeah. We had Kevin Owens beat Chris Jericho for the United States Championship. This was a really good match. Good heat. They didn't have to do any stupid spots. And it ended with Jericho being thrown to the outside. 
Kevin Owens hitting the pop-up powerbomb. Actually, just a regular powerbomb, I should say. Onto the apron, rolling Jericho back in the ring, and getting the clean pin to win the U.S. title. Finally, they used that spot as an actual finish. I'm happy with this. Nothing bad to say about this match. It was perfectly good for what it was. I don't know what you thought about it. I liked it. Uh, there was a huge inflatable list of Jericho on the entrance ramp, which was cool. <laughs> I did li- uh, The ending, I liked, but, you know, something about it. And there was a couple matches like this where different finishers were used tonight. So, okay, fine. Um, it was a good match. I mean, it was kind of what we expected, I think. We expected the finish. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was what it was. It was a good second match, good solid match. Uh uh, unfortunately, it was yesterday now, so I can't say I remember too much about it. I don't have much, many notes on it, but uh, yeah, I, mean, I liked it. Yeah, it was per- it was, keep it, it was at a, that. You know, it was a very it was a very good match, very well worked. They didn't overstay their welcome. Okay, they did a good job. They had the crown in the palm of their hand. Well done, AJ and KO. You know, you you say they didn't overstay their welcome, but it did go uh, fourth longest match in the night. So yeah, but it was only the the second match in the pay per view. Right, it, it didn't overstay yeah. its welcome at all. No, it was good. We had next Bailey versus Charlotte versus Nia versus Sasha. Four-way elimination match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. Very interesting match. This only got 12 minutes. Only I did not, 12 and a half minutes. I did not like the booking of this at all. At all. To me, <sighs> this was a time where he could have finally had the big Sasha angle where she turns on Bailey and gets the pin. Instead, we had... Nia Jax get eliminated by all three women. They covered her after a big power bomb. We had Sasha get eliminated by Charlotte, right? Yes, it was with the um, natural selection. I think I don't believe so. No, was it? I the think it was a uh, no. It was something, some other type of. Uh, oh, she did the uh, move to, on the outside, didn't she? And rolled her back in the ring. I think and pinned her. Oh, natural selection on the floor. Yeah, I think was that it. I I'll look it up. It, but yeah, did, it was something. I, she I did something. It's a long night, folks. I'll see if I could I could find my notes on this. But yeah, Sasha got pinned. Crowd didn't like it. And then afterwards, we had Bailey versus Charlotte. And surprisingly, at least to my surprise, Scott Bailey pinned Charlotte with macho a macho man, man elbow. elbow. Yeah, it yeah. was a nice little moment. It was a nice moment. It was a decent match. Um. You know, the issue is everybody thinks Charlotte or Sasha is going to turn and, you know, it's going to happen tomorrow night. Oh, well, sorry to interrupt. Uh, uh, Charlotte exposed the middle turnbuckle. That's and, right. And then yes. hit, threw it, Sasha into it and, and got the pin. Yeah, well, we were close. <laughs> I mean, it was a nice moment for Bailey, and she, and she won without Sasha's help, which I guess is somewhat of the story. Uh, but I, I still think it would have been a better story if Sasha turned on Bailey. Well, that's going to happen tomorrow because after the WWE 24 special of the, the WrestleMania Monday, we know it's going to happen. But, you know, here's the funny thing. If you're going to book it like that, you have Sasha pin Bailey, you know, by freak accident or whatever, win the title, eliminate her. And then tomorrow night you can just finish the angle off right then and there. Yeah. You know, you tease it tonight, you finish it tomorrow. But now here we go. Bailey wins clean and we're complaining that she wins clean. Like, this is what we wanted to see, and yet we're not happy, you know, we're complaining about it. I just think it. it was just weird storytelling, especially when they had Bailey already win the title a few weeks ago, and she could have won it. If she was going to win at WrestleMania anyway, right, she should the have big just won moment the title. Now. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree, but... We had, arguably, the- we had arguably the highlight of the show, by far. By 
far. I marked out here. I know you did. This honestly, this was like a tale of two shows. Up to this point, when we talk about our next match, after that match was over, I felt like we were watching one of the greatest WrestleManias of all time. And honestly, if you really look at it, I still think this is one of the better WrestleManias of all time. Uh, I should know already, I think it's blown away WrestleMania 32. Up to this point. Well, no. Up to this point, once we get this match started, it's already blown away WrestleMania 32. So let's get to our next match. We had Gallows and Anderson versus Sheamus and Cesaro, who had a really cool entrance with their tuxedos and kilts. Enzo and Big Cass. And then the New Day comes out. They didn't overstay their welcome either as hosts. Did a couple Not of segments. At all. Yeah, they was per- they knew their role, did their thing. They opened the show to come out to the ring, did a little dance, whatever. By the way, by the way, Tanashi, Tanashi, excuse me, had a really, really nice rendition of uh, America the Beautiful. She's criminally underrated and really awesome. So for anybody complaining about Tanashi, I am gonna delete your ass as one of the participants in this match would say. So New Day was teasing, teasing that they were going to be in the ladder match because, after all, they are the hosts. Why not? And well, instead- to be fair, they said they, they announced it's going to become a fatal four-way, and right at that moment, everybody already knew what was coming. And, and, and you know, at first they were like, hoo, hoo, hoo. And crowd, the crowd, for the most part, chanted delete, 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 which is incredible to think about. They're chanting for the Hardys before the Hardys come out. The Hardys have not been hyped on television one iota. And Matt Hardy, not single-handedly, but with Jeff Hardy, with his wife Rebby Hardy, with Senior Benjamin, with a couple other people. I don't want to say single-handedly, but the Hardys in that small crew turn their entire careers around. Just think, if Jeff Hardy never got into a stupid motorcycle accident and broke his leg, none of this would have happened. Remember how, stu- how we were talking about how he was so stupid, and it's like, what are you doing, man? You're in like, your late 30s. Why are you yep. the, riding a dirt bike? Yep, I remember that, yeah. And I remember we hated that Matt Hardy skit at first because it, it was stupid at first. But so when, you, when you saw the freaking effort and the, the talent of Matt Hardy to be able to play that broken Matt Hardy character... I turned the corner. I was like, all right, you know what? This might be crazy. This might not be for everybody. But you know what? I'm going to support him because it's it's awesome. And also the fact that Jeff and him have been sober for years now. So congratulations to them. Those guys looked like they were going to be the next Von Erichs, unfortunately, for, for a time. And they wow. turned their lives around. So what better way to take two dudes who are nice and clean, nice and sober now, and put them in their second ladder match in two days? <laughs> in all yeah. seriousness, it hopefully they're all right you know i'm not I'm, I'm not trying to start a pot or anything it just whether you have the background of the hardys or not two ladder matches and two nights is not conducive for a uh, good long-term health but well it's the adrenaline and uh you know you know hey it's, it's, their, it's, it's their moment man so the hardys came out crowd went nuts matt hardy had the broken streak in his hair he had the broken matt hardy hairstyle he sort Hardy's, of yeah, Jeff Hardy looked more like just regular Jeff Hardy. Uh, they, you know, Matt was doing the smiling, like, you know, like like uh, broken Matt Hardy. He didn't do the delete uh, as he walked down the ramp, but they didn't, you know, really do it out loud or anything. Yeah, and, and I think they, they, I think the announcers dropped a couple broken references, and it was just great. This match was amazing. It was yeah. a, a train wreck. It was sloppy. It was all over the place. I don't and care. Enzo survived. Go figure. So. Enzo Moray survived. 
all I mean just so much so much chaos in this match. It was just ridiculous. Man. We had poor Sheamus hit his lower back on the outside onto a ladder. Uh, we had Jeff Hardy go all the way up top to his gigantic ladder, do the same spot he's done over and over again, but still more death-defying every time I see it. Yeah. He was supposed to go through both Sheamus and Cesaro through two ladders, but instead he, he got mostly Cesaro, and Sheamus kind of just fell over. Put, yeah, that ladder didn't break. Yeah. Put Cesaro through a ladder with a swanton bomb. It was insane. Matt Hardy grabbed both belts. Thank God Jeff Hardy rose from the dead. They celebrated. Crowd went absolutely nuts. And the Hardy boys are your new Raw Tag Team Champions after just wrestling a ladder match the night before at the ROH Supercard. And yet nobody is complaining that in 2017 the Hardys are Tag Team Champions. Keep that in mind. Yeah, well, hey, they We are some it. fickle fans, let me tell you. Yeah, man. Can you believe that the Hardys in the last 30 days have been the TNA Impact Wrestling World Tag Team Champions, the ROH Tag Team Champions, and now the WWE Raw Tag Team Champions. Not to mention any other independent tag team titles that they won as well. This, this is a run we may never see again from a tag team. Well, keep in mind the TNA part. They weren't taping, but technically they were still champions. So yeah. it's kind of like an asterisk next to it, but still, still is what it is. Still. Yeah, and they never yeah. officially lost the tag titles in TNA. Man. And then we had John Cena and Nikki Bella versus The Miz and Maurice. This was Which, a glorified squash match. Yeah, nine minutes of uh, the match. It wasn't the match that mattered at all. It was the ending, it which was we the all knew what was coming. It, it was the ending afterwards. I I, I gotta say though, oof, Maurice got what? No offense. She got maybe a cheap shot on Cena, and that was it. If that, yeah. Well, a little background. I was listening to the ESPN podcast that they were doing on site at WrestleMania, and they interviewed Nikki Bella. Now, keep in mind, this right. podcast was like four hours long or whatever, but I, I forwarded it to the Nikki Bella part because I was interested in, in hearing what she had to say about Maurice. And she told Peter Rosenberg, who also hosts Bring It to the Table, and it's on Hot 97 in my area. And she straight up said, and I'm giving you the Cliff Notes version, you can probably find the transcript online, that, long story short, she got offered a new WWE deal and the Total Divas deal like a few days before Raw. It was very last minute. One of her bosses, who she said she won't name, told her, uh, you know, you can't tell anybody. Just, you know, we're going we're gonna to bring you back. And it, apparently she wasn't even working on a contract until after that WrestleMania. So this would have been 2013 after WrestleMania 29, right. which is pretty interesting. And apparently when she was brought back, she said most of the backstage didn't know she was dating Cena. So I, I don't know about that. But, yeah, so she got resigned. She said she did text to Maurice and Kelly Kelly the night of, but she wasn't that good of friends with Maurice. She was kind of work friends. And uh, anyway, the women that were that felt that they were betrayed, Maria Canellis, Maurice, uh, Kelly Kelly. I believe she said at least Maurice might have been Kelly Kelly. I'm not sure if there was another woman. Apparently, they got so angry with Nikki that they made a fake allegation that th her father assaulted them or whatnot. She used the word, I believe she used the word assaulted them, okay, or, or whatever, physically confronted, whatever, to the point where they tried to get her father fired from his real-life job. And on top of that, she mentioned that months prior to that, he spent time on the unemployment line, and he had nothing to do with this.
And rather than just attacking Nikki and Bree, they attacked her father. And she says that she will never forgive Maurice. I think she used the word bitch. And she said that her and Maurice don't make eye contact. They just say thank you. And that, like, you know, when they're doing business and that's it. And that, you know, it's a little awkward with Miz and Cena, but they're still respectful to each other. Uh, but essentially, it, it killed her relationship with the Miz when, when they used to be really good friends. And yeah, she'll never forgive Maurice. So when I heard that, uh, assuming that's true, wow. It's got to be kind of awkward to work with somebody like that, regardless of it, you know, being if, what it is. That but is that's that's got to be weird. If that is true, Maurice is really lucky to even have a job right now. And she's been great in her role. But I'm just saying, trying to get somebody else's father fired? I mean, we don't, again, there's always multiple sides to every story. Who's to say Maurice was on a podcast and they, they bring it up? Maybe Rosenberg interviews her one day. Uh, maybe she'll have, a di- I'm sure she'll have a different side to the story. But if that's true, you know what? I'm really not surprised that Maurice just got squashed. So, yeah. Nikki hit the TKO. Cena hit the AA. Double pin. Al Roker screamed into the mic, even though he had a live mic. And he called himself sexual chocolate. No, chocolate thunder. Which, okay. hold on. Did Al Roker really have to say that he's from the Today Show? Doesn't kind of everybody know that already? I guess people meet. Well, it's well, WrestleMania. A lot of people people from other from countries. Europe. Yeah, yeah, you know. Right, yeah. yeah, so. That's fine. Yeah, it, it was a match. And afterwards, Not the crowd really. was, Yeah, crowd was booing. They were definitely for the Miz. They were chanting, boo, delete, delete. And then Cena said that you remember Nikki when you were going into surgery and you were woozy and asked you one question and I, and you didn't remember what it was I asked you if you would marry me and, no he said one day oh, I'm going to marry you oh, one day I'm going to marry you okay and, and uh, well I've been waiting for the right time and now's the right time got on his knee those cargo shorts that he wears finally came in handy pulled out this big ass ring that might have been bigger than his bicep might have been. Put it on Nikki's finger. They kissed. It was a great moment. Crowd cheered. And she said no. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. She said yes. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, she didn't say yes. Yeah. She just kissed him. She just kissed him. She was the happiest woman alive. It was a beautiful moment. It was a great moment for a long time. Total Divas fans like myself that were waiting for John to finally propose. I'm not even a Total Divas fan, and I'm not even going to lie to you. Maybe it was the, the couple Steve Weisers I had mixed in with a couple shots I had with my friend over, but it brought a tear to my eye, and, and that was really sad and embarrassing, but it happened. Hey, man, you're, you're a married yeah. man. You got engaged it's, once. It's, you know, I think that's that what much. it is, yeah. you know, yeah. That, Let's go with that, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. You remember when you proposed to April and made her the happiest woman alive, more often than not. And, uh, you know, the- that's debatable. <laughs> So they, they celebrated, and then John Cena's music hits, and they celebrate some more. You know, I hope when I propose to my future wife, if, if uh, there is that ever... That it's on Space Mountain. No, anyway, sorry. No, that I hope that I have theme <laughs> music and that it plays in the background if she says yes. You want 70,000 people there as well? Yeah, sure, why not? Hell, have the time is now, you know? <sighs> That'd be awesome. Like, my time is up, our time is now. So I guess when Total Bellas finally ends overall, it's going to be the wedding episode, and that'll be the end of the show. I hope they keep it going forever. Yeah. All right. Mike Hood asks, is it, was it a scripted proposal? Um, no. No. I don't think it was scripted, but 
I mean, I guess spoiler alert that they might have already been engaged for a little while now and that they just saved this for TV for the uh, Total Bella show. I think, Is it okay to I, say that? No, I don't think Nikki was clued in at all. I mean, I'm sure you she had so? a, No, I'm sure she had an idea that maybe he'll do it, but I don't think he was like, hey, by the way, I'm going to propose to you. I love you. No, I think it, I think they were already you know, engaged no, a no, while back. Don't, you don't think so? I don't think so. I think they did it in the ring. No. So there's that. I, I don't know. Just, no. It was great. It was a great moment. It was a good moment. Definitely yeah. a WrestleMania moment. We had Seth Rollins versus Triple H in a non-sanctioned match. This was really good. Went about 25 minutes. Triple H was working on the knee. My only disappointment with this match was ugh, no Samoa Joe. Which, no if Samoa you really think about it, non-sanctioned match, it made absolutely no sense in storyline. Why was Samoa Joe not out there? How does James Ellsworth get a WrestleMania appearance before Finn Balor and Samoa Joe. Yeah, I mean, well, there's no Daniel Bryan either tonight, so. Yeah, but Daniel Bryan's a GM. Who cares? Yeah, but he should still be there in some capacity, he had his shouldn't he? Who cares? He had his moment. Who cares? I understand, but he should still be there. He's the GM of SmackDown, exactly. He should be there. I'm sure he's fine. Oh, whatever. But okay, either way, okay. yeah, last time I checked, he has a pregnant wife to take care of, right? Yeah, he does. Exactly. Exactly, Scott. <sighs> So we had Seth Rollins beat Triple H clean, which was awesome. This was a great finish. They had set up a table earlier on the outside that I completely forgot about. And Stephanie was on the apron. Uh, Triple H tried to hit Seth when he was distracted by Steph. Triple H nearly hit Steph off the apron. Steph, she, she, she was like, oh, my God. But she was okay. And then Seth said, screw you, bitch. Bam. Shoulder tackle Triple H into Steph. Steph went through the table that I completely forgot was there. It was awesome. 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 This was, and, and this was after these guys were trying to each other hit the pedigree, or pedigree each other, I should say. Some cool reversals. Yeah. yeah. I never thought there'd be that many cool reversals for a pedigree, but it was, it was pretty cool. And, and Triple H got shocked. He was pissed, was charging like a bull. Seth kicked him in the gut, hit the pedigree. One, two, three. This was an awesome, awesome match. It's a very good match, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. but I think Triple H, as one of our listeners is saying, should stop bringing Stephanie, who is, oh, Super Super 8429. Triple H should really stop bringing Stephanie to his matches. Yeah, she got speared last year. This year she got put through a table. And he had a really cool entrance as well with the police, with the motorcycle. Yeah, that was really cool. That was cool. Yeah. Some cool entrances tonight. Oh, Seth Rollins also had a torch. Yes, and he it took it him down. a minute to come out. It was a actually it was a huge uh, citronella candle. You know, Florida has bad mosquitoes this time of the year, so he yeah. was protecting himself. But yeah, what he did with the torch, I don't know if you saw it. Is he stuck it to the ground in the LED lights? Took like the fire all the way up to the ring. It was kind of like Kane's entrance, but stolen. Yeah, so. no, it was great. The lighting effects were amazing. Yeah. This is by far one of the one of the Unless best. You were there ever live had. in person, apparently. Yeah, I mean, once again, I've warned everybody before about WrestleMania obstructed views. They really need to figure out a way to not have an obstructed view. I know they want to do these outdoor WrestleManias. They want to do these stadium shows. But I really think it's inexcusable. And I was chatting with David, B- David Bixenspan on Twitter about, you know, hey, you know, when I had my experience at WrestleMania 29, I got a hold of WWE Fan Services. I got free tickets to a couple events. It was, it was fine. But he brought up the point that, yeah, you might get comped, but it's not for the show that everybody planned their vacation around. It's not for the show that a lot of people flew overseas for. 
You know, when I had an obstructed view at WrestleMania 29, I'm from New Jersey. It's a 45-minute drive to East Rutherford, to the MetLife Stadium. Meanwhile, you have people flying in from the UK. You have people flying in from Asia, from Ireland, everywhere, all around the world. And can you imagine, Scott, if you took, say, like a 12-hour flight to Orlando? Excited for WrestleMania. Sit down, and you got a gigantic freaking pillar in your way. I understand what you're saying, but this is not the first outdoor WrestleMania. True, true. Unless you don't have a TV, you know that you could have an obstructed view. You know where your seats are. You could have an obstructed view. No, no, uh, no, no, no. Yeah, because well, not, to hey, a degree. Now, look, production can come in and move things. I understand that might have been what happened to you. Hang on. But when I had my ticket, it did not say obstructed view, which is why they were entitled uh, to give me to either I refund. Hey, or when I was at ticket. WrestleMania 15, I didn't have an obstructed view, but I had them cables holding up the WrestleMania sign in my way. Same idea, man. I mean, it sucked, but. Unfortunately, I think that's just what it is. What if you what if you had tickets uh, on the aisle ramp and then all of a sudden the ramp is 100 feet up in the air and you don't get to, you know, get see these guys as they walk to the ring. I just think that's we not fair either. I just think we shouldn't blame the consumer here. I think Daddy B needs to just do a better job. It's been going on no, for a I long agree, time. And, but you know. I think you also know what you're getting into when you go to this, you know. Right, I'm not blaming the people. I feel bad for them. If I flew yeah. 15, 16, 17 hours and spent thousands of dollars, I'd be pissed off absolutely. Yeah. But you do know what you're getting into as well. Mm. I don't know. I, I just... Yes and no. I don't know. No, I, that's why I'd rather do an indoor WrestleMania. So I might do next year in New Orleans because it's a super dome and it's an actual dome. You can still have an obstructed view though, can't you? Depending on how they do the stage. True, but if you do it like WrestleMania 30, then you won't. Well, the ring, yeah, that's true. The ring didn't have anything. Yeah, you make a point. We had Randy Orton versus Bray Wyatt for the WWE Championship. This only went 10 minutes. This was so wacky. Bray Wyatt. It was very disappointing. Yeah. Well, it started late, very late in the show. Poor guys. Bray Wyatt is literally the anti-Undertaker. Loses every big match except for the last couple months. And 0-3 at WrestleMania. Took on Randy. Here's the highlights of the match. Bray Wyatt, I believe, hit his sister Abigail at least once and Randy kicked out. Orton hit an RKO. Bray kicked out. And the crowd went mild. No, Bray didn't kick. It was on the floor, wasn't it? Oh, was it on the floor? Yeah, he never kicked out of the RKO. Oh, okay. Huh. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm pretty cool. I'm looking at a photo here. Uh, about oh, yeah, a half yeah, yeah. Hour oh, yeah. Ago. I'm sorry. Yeah, he did an RKO on the floor, and Orton kicked out his sister Abigail. Yeah. And then, uh, every time Bray did the, the spider walk, crab walk, whatever the hell it is, um, the ring would light up with like a projection of maggots, and then cockroaches, and larvae. It was so creepy. Just weird. Nightmare-inducing. It was kind of cool when the referee completely oversold it by running out of the ring every time. <laughs> yeah. It was cool, but it got hokey at the third time. But it, it was I hope they just leave it for WrestleMania. Don't don't do it ever again, please. Like like that see, kid like that kid that sang the whole world in his hands, don't do that ever again. See, if I'm booking that, what I'm doing is I'm going to have uh, Bray maybe on the top row, maybe doing something and have Randy do it and have it be a snake coming at him. 
You know what I mean? With like the mouth open. Yeah. Which actually, that was Randy's entrance coming down the ring. He yeah, had the snake, snake following him, which was freaking awesome. Yeah, and I know Mr. Racer, who's the world's biggest Randy Orton fan, Manpreet, he's super happy about this because Randy hit an RKO. It was maybe the most lackluster RKO of all time. Got the pin, one, two, three. And that was it. Randy wins the title. The mm-hmm. era of Wyatt's already over. And that that's it. It was a very safe match, and I hate to say it, but it probably was the worst match on the show. Not yeah. counting the Battle Royal, unfortunately. It was a very strange match. Yeah, it just it, it, like the timing of it was bad. The, the hokiness of it was okay, but for all that hype, there was just nothing. And then yeah. I was like, okay, RKO, pin, good night. Yeah, I mean, the guy, killed his, in the guy burned now, his sister's so. grave, and it just was not brutal mm-hmm. enough. Like, we needed this match to kind of... Have some physicality. I mean, I think the problem is you had a lot of matches that already had to have some physicality. But, I mean, seriously, I, I don't know what. Even have, like, thumbtacks or something. I'm not advocating that, but I'm just saying, like, you know, he could have, you could have gotten thumbtacks. Well, how many matches can you have that are, like, no DQ, anything goes? I mean, well, you no, had two. You, well, you could have just had Bray bring in thumbtacks anyway against the well, referee's just, will. Yeah. And then you could have oh, had, sure. and look, I'm not advocating that these guys have actual thumbtacks, but if they had, like, rubbery Thumbtack. I don't know. Whatever you can bring that looks like thumbtacks that would hurt least compared to thumbtacks. You could have had that, and I'm just thinking about this off the top of my head. You could have Bray give or try to give Orn a sister Abigail, Orn reverses in CRKO and pins Bray. At least that would look brutal. At least that would show like, oh my god, you know, Bray's sadistic and he tried to end Randy's career and you know, whatever. And instead, this is kind of like I mean, honestly, this is this was even more tame than WrestleMania twenty five with Triple H and, and Orton. Thankfully, a lot shorter too. But if you remember that match, they, you know, there was supposed to be a lot of heat, no heat. But at least Triple H won with a freaking sledgehammer. Yeah, it was just a match for the most part. Sure. Yeah. Very, very disappointing. And I'm kind of surprised that Eric Rowan in his jumpsuit and butt sweat did not make an appearance here. Luke Harper, by the way, was in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Also got eliminated, which pissed me off. Ugh. We had the Pitbull concert. It was cool. It was what it was. For anybody complaining, you know what? The people in the audience really need a bathroom break. So give them That's a bathroom so break. mean, but it's so true. No, I'm just saying. I'm not like Pitbull. Maybe I would have stayed for the performance, but if I had to go to the bathroom, I mean, what am I going to do? Am I going go to go to the bathroom during a match, or am I going to go to the bathroom during the concert? Go to the bathroom during a concert. Sure. We had, day, we had Brock Lesnar and Bill Goldberg. Damn. This match was... Kind of interesting. Kind of short, but it was nothing. Kind of short about it, brother. <laughs> it was four minutes. It was pretty short. Yeah, four and a half minutes. A pretty damn short match, but it was the maybe the greatest four-minute match of all time. These guys just yeah. went at it. Brock Lesnar. Yeah. You know, people were booing Goldberg before. I was like, "You geeks! This guy's trying his hardest to, to be, still be Goldberg." And then Brock just hit a few suplexes. Goldberg hit a, like two spears. Got right up and speared him, yeah. Yeah, and then on the outside, Goldberg speared Brock through the barricade. Awesome spot. Crowd chanted, holy bleep, and then chanted Goldberg. I'm like, you're damn right, you better chant for Goldberg. Sorry, it's my inner eight-year-old talking here. And afterwards, Goldberg hit the jackhammer. Brock kicked out, hit a bunch of suplexes, hit the F5, and pinned Goldberg one, two, three. 
Scott, you said that maybe Goldberg should have kicked out of at least one F5. I think it just would have been cool for the crowd because the crowd was so into it at that point that just to have him kind of make a movement to kick out, I think the crowd just would have went nuts at that point and then just have Brock hit an F5 and beat him. No big deal. Who cared? Would have been cool, but I think, you know, you know the fears maybe It Goldberg was overdone, I get out, it, yeah. but... It was still yeah. awesome. It was a great match. And, and of was, course, leave it to the Orlando crowd to do the Ty Dellinger 10 chant when he was uh, Brock was doing the suplexes. So Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. So Brock is your new Universal Champion. If Undertaker wasn't retiring, this would have been a fine main event. We had the yeah. SmackDown women's match, and at, at this point in the show, I thought the match was going to get cut, but it didn't. Instead, they opted to go up until midnight. Actually, more than, when did the show officially After, end? Well, the show ended about 12.10-ish with Undertaker Yeah, uh, doing all this stuff. Apparently, the Undertaker's hat... And uh, jacket or jacket, hat, and gloves were still in the ring about a half hour ago. Wow. Okay. So they're just leaving them there. Yeah. Damn. Damn. Can't wait till the W WWE twenty four on that. That's gonna be pretty emotional. Yeah, that'd be cool. But the uh, SmackDown Women's match, I thought it was decent for what it was. Five, you know, it five was and a very, half. Very, 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 very sloppy. Naomi single handedly made this match interesting because she's the hometown girl. She had a great entrance. Crowd was so exhausted at this point, but they really loved Naomi. And Naomi was really over last week, too, when she did the Feel the Glow yeah. catchphrase. The crowd chanted with her. It was great. And, and I think finally somebody in WWE woke up and said, you know what? Naomi's one of the coolest people we have on our roster. Never mind the fact that she's absolutely gorgeous and extremely athletic. And I don't think she's like a great worker or anything. I'm not going to put her at the level of some of the raw women as far as like in ring. Like, I don't think she's really like super duper technically sound or anything, but. She's just a really likable person. She works really hard. She's got some really cool moves. And, you know, at, at, at the end of the day, man, like, she's got a fan base. She's been on Total Divas for years. People like her. And, yeah, she came out, did her cool entrance with the, with the, and then glow, you know, glowing in the dark. And she pinned Alexa Bliss to, was it with the rear view? No, it was a submission. Oh, yeah, that's right. She hit the rear view and then she locked in some wacky submission. To tap out Alexa, I'm trying to see if there's a, a name for it. It, it. it was some weird. You know, let's stress. let's call it the glow sticks because she had her arms tied up. Why yeah, not? her arms tied up and her and her le- her, her wrapped around her head and, and Alexa tapped out. It looked cool, but it was very wacky. Yeah. And Alexa tapped out. Naomi got the win. Naomi celebrated with the championship. I can't believe they put over a hometown girl in her hometown at WrestleMania. The usual WWE edict is to have wrestlers losing their hometowns, which I always think is the stupidest edict, unless it's John Cena. But it was a great moment. She worked hard for it. She's over. It's not just one of those things where, oh, you deserve it because you've been here for so long. No. She's over. She's maybe the most over woman on SmackDown besides Becky Lynch. Good for her. This was awesome. Also, I have no idea what the hell Becky Lynch was thinking with her outfit. It was... What she was it, the Irish? It was a bad ripoff of Sheamus and Cesaro's outfit. That's yeah, all. I mean, I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm not like too up on Irish culture, so I don't want to like you know judge it too much. But it just, I don't know. Look, yeah, I don't know. Sheamus and Cesaro. Like, like cool. you're not to, but not that you're going to complain about you know flesh colored tights underneath. That's all I'm saying. You're a married man, Scott. I'm just going to leave it. At That's that. why I can say that. Notice these things. All right, anyway. Uh, moving on. Moving on. It's been a long-ass night. 
Uh, New Day came out and said that the attendance record is at 75,245, which is... Seventh like, highest all time, I believe now. Which is most likely a work number. Yep. And Undertaker lost to Roman Reigns, and we mentioned that already. So, overall, I got to say, if you did not watch this WrestleMania, I mean, you might as well watch all of it. Just, just fast forward through the video packages and, and stuff if you're watching on demand. and know that That'll slim show. it down to a cool four hours and 44 minutes, so... Yeah. Uh, but if you want to go out of your way to see a few matches or whatnot, I'd say Neville and Austin Aries was very good. Um, Jericho Owens was very good. AJ and Shane for the spectacle of wondering if Shane's going to try to kill himself somehow. Unfortunately, you can probably skip both women's matches, and I don't want to say that, but it is true, I think. Unfortunately, we're not that great. No, not at all. Um, But, you know, timing-wise, it was tough. Watch the tag title match. Oh with, my god! The Hardys. The Hardy. The, the the heat for that match was insane. It was it was great. It was great to see two dudes come home. You know, two two legends. Uh, the John Cena moment was nice, although you might see it online on all the websites. GM, Seth and GM Triple H, H was, was awesome. Seth and versus Triple H was awesome. Bray and Randy was nothing. The animated gifts are more entertaining. Goldberg Brock. It's only five minutes. Go back and watch that. Um, you know, watch the after the the ending of Undertaker Roman. But if you missed the match. You really don't have to watch that match, unfortunately. So, Scott, it is now 1.18 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Let us look to the future here. What the hell do you see happening with Roman Reigns? I don't know. <laughs> I see him going to SmackDown at least to keep him away from Brock Lesnar for a while, but uh, tomorrow night's going to be... I. I hope that they don't have him on Raw tomorrow night because that crowd, I think, will kill him. But they will, and that's that's sad. He's one of the biggest stars. Oh. He has to be on Raw. I, I know. Unfortunately, you know, it's funny. The whole time they didn't mention anything about SmackDown on Tuesday. Everything was, oh, Raw and WrestleMania. And, and you know, SmackDown's live Tuesday, and it should be a pretty kick-butt uh, kick show. Um, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see, you know, will Undertaker come out tomorrow night and officially retire? Is, is he just gone? I think he's just uh, gone. And he just gets inducted yeah. into the Hall of Fame maybe next year. And actually, yeah, I mean, ironically, it makes sense. Maybe have... The thing is this. I think a part of them wants to induct Daniel Bryan in, in New Orleans next year because that's where he had his biggest moment. But it oh, also would make sense to, under, to induct the Undertaker because that's where the streak was broken. But you go, but you might want to save one of those guys for another year because you know you're going to eventually run out of headliners for the Hall of Fame. Well, isn't have they announced where uh, thirty four or thirty five is going to be yet? No. Is it Minnesota? I thought I heard. No, it was rumored that it might be Minnesota, but I even heard rumors about Philly a while ago. Yeah, I heard that too. We'll see. Because uh, I thought isn't Undertaker from like I know he's from. Texas and all, but didn't kind of get a startup in the uh, Minnesota area with like AWA? Um, I don't know. Or am I so. mistaken? I think you're mistaken. He might have okay. briefly stopped there, but I know, no, he got a start in the South with uh, Dutch Mantel. You're right. Okay. In, ten- in, ten- yes. in Tennessee. Right. Yeah, no yeah. worries. I think, you know what? I'll Google it real quick. That would be interesting. I have no idea if Undertaker ever actually worked for the Indianapolis Territory. Or uh, not Indianapolis. I'm sorry, Minnesota. Minneapolis. Sorry, it's way it's way too late it's here. It's very late. Yeah, it is very very late. Let's see, Undertaker, AWA. Um, no, I don't think he ever had a stop in AWA. So okay. hey, whatever. He learns something new every day. Um, I don't know what to predict. I think knowing knowing how ignorant they've been with Roman Reigns, I think he's going to stay a babyface. At the moment, I believe he's the default merchandise seller, the top yes. merchandise seller. Uh, but. 
that's amongst full timers, and nobody is still touching John Cena. And well, let's me, see what happens if they bring out some new Hardys gear. <laughs> true, oh, true, yeah. But I'm saying as far as guys that don't have the cachet of the Hardys. Right. You know, is 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 Roman Reigns? Well, I'm not saying Roman Reigns isn't over. I'm not saying Roman Reigns isn't a good worker. But is he ever going to get to the point where he can truly replace John Cena as a top guy? Um, I mean, you know, right. it's it's tough. It's tough to do that when you know you had guys like Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart have to replace Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage. That was really unfair. Um, but. You know, he, he needs to make somewhat of a difference at the box office, and I really don't think he has. Even if he has some high merch sales, has he made a difference in ticket sales? Has he made a difference in ratings? I don't think so. And, and I, I think no matter what anybody says, that, that still matters in, in today's business. Ratings and, and ticket sales. No matter how much they convince themselves, they don't. They, they might want to convince themselves it does <laughs> because their contract's coming up in a couple of years. But we, we, we'll see. We'll see. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, re- I really don't know. I guess that's the intriguing part because Finn's coming back. Although Finn's already in his mid-late 30s. Nakamura could debut on the main roster after losing to Bobby Roode. For those that missed our recap of NXT TakeOver Orlando, I did recap it from top to bottom along with all the other crazy events of WrestleMania weekend on the pre-show podcast. You can skip my WrestleMania predictions and go right to the NXT TakeOver recap. But overall, great show. Really great show, and it looks like Nakamura and uh, the Revival are headed to the main roster. Drew McIntyre was shown in the audience. He's resigned with WWE. They confirmed there's going to be a women's tournament, 32-woman tournament, taking place in the summer, kind of like the Cruiserweight Classic. That's exciting. And is there anything else I really missed, Scott, as far as WWE-related before we head on out? Mm. Well, NXT debuted new titles, which, to be honest, I wasn't a fan of, but... We'll let that go. I didn't mind uh, it. Eh, I don't know. But they were kind of whatever. Uh, no, not much. Uh, crowd was hot all night. I mean, they were quiet on TV, but I had a friend there live, and he said the crowd was pretty good all night. I um, thought they were pretty hot. Man, there were some parts it was definitely quiet. It seemed quiet anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, overall, it was a good weekend. We still have two nights to go technically. Well, one night to go technically. Yeah, because it's freaking <laughs> Monday. Jeez. And uh, I still got to let my dog out, so, you know, there you go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be fun at, you know, one thirty in the morning uh, without a yard. Uh, but, you do what uh, you got to do, bro. And literally, yeah. No, uh, overall, good weekend. I mean, I'm glad we're here at one twenty-three in the morning. Goodness. WrestleMania is now a two-day event, literally. Uh, yeah, I mean, not much really we can say. Yeah. Uh, you know what? You know, I got I got an idea. Thank you, Taker. I got I got I got an idea, Scott. Yes, sir. Let's get some sleep. Uh huh. Let, let, let's sleep on this. Let's let this simmer for the next couple nights or so, and sure. then let's let's uh, circle back for the WWE weekend review. We'll talk about the WrestleMania aftermath, and once we gather our thoughts and gather our bearings along with everybody that's watching and listening to us right now, thank you very much for taking the time to do that. Uh, I think we'll have a better idea of what the future holds for WWE at least in the next six months to a year. Yeah, real quick, I'm going to make one prediction. I talked to you about this the other night. You did not like it, but I'm going to say it out loud because when it happens, I want my just do. That <laughs> okay. on Tuesday, you know what's coming. Go ahead, on, Scott. On Tuesday night, Randy Orton's going to come out with that title. He's going to get challenged by Nakamura. Nakamura's going to win the WWE title on his first night on SmackDown Tuesday. It's going to drive the ratings up. It's going to be great. Fred thinks it's not going to happen. It's going to happen. Because it's what they have to do. See, he's speechless. That's how good it was. Um, now, Fred well, said well, to me, hold on. Now, Fred said to me, well, 
you know, uh, Finn Balor they didn't do this to or something to that effect. And I said, no, they did. He had two matches before he won the title. Yes, he still went like a month before he won the Universal title. Doesn't matter. And what did it do for him? He got injured and he's still not back on TV and he's fighting Jinder Mahal at house shows. So there you go. You just argued, you made an argument against your point though and you're against your prediction. Because you're saying that Nakamura is going to win the title, get injured, and then a no, year I'm later wrestle Jinder Mahal. I'm saying that, that you said, well, he had three matches at least, so, you know, and then he won the title. That's okay. all I'm saying. And okay. he got hurt. And right. Nak- uh, well, Nakamura will still probably get hurt. But, no, I, I think that, look, you want to make, make an impact on SmackDown part in that pun? You bring Nakamura up, you give him that title, you see what happens from there. Why not? All at right. this point, what do you have to lose? Yeah. Fair enough. Although I, I think there's there is uh, something to be said about the journey, you know, and, bu- and building up the journey. But. Because let's be honest, in 2017, Randy Orton does not need to be champion. I said that just for one specific person. Ooh, for Manpreet. All right. Sorry. Lastly, uh, Hall of Fame also went ridiculously long, but uh, go out of your way to watch the DDP speech, especially if you're an old WCW fan. He happens to be a good friend of mine, so I'm biased, but I love this speech. Beth Phoenix had such a ridiculously classy speech thanking every woman that came before her that helped influence her and even shouted out China, which was wonderful. Uh, we, we got a cameo from her husband, Edge. Kurt Angle's speech was awesome. Those are probably the three speeches that really stood out. Rick Rude's family speech was really nice. It was short. It was sweet. And you know what? Eric Legrand, because him and I are both Rutgers alumni. Uh, great dude. I thought I, the Rock Hall Express did a good job. I mean, they it? all did a good job, really. They all did a good job. It was just really long. So try to skip the video packages and just... Yeah, get to the speeches. Yeah. Maybe if you're at work, put the WWE Network in the background and just listen to the speeches. They're, they were pretty good. And, yeah, we'll be back later this week. I will be back Thursday morning, as I am every single Thursday morning on Manhattan Neighborhood Network. You can see it on your screen right here. I'll put some info in the description as well. For those that don't know, TSC News is now on television in the New York, New Jersey area, North Jersey, closer to Manhattan. If you're in the vicinity of Manhattan, New York, you can watch us live on MNN 2, 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time, Thursday mornings, Fios 34, RCN 83, TWC, that's Time Warner Cable, 56, Channel 56 and 1996. It's a half hour a week of going over some of the latest stories in pro wrestling and mixed martial arts, as well as looking back at some of our most memorable moments and us interviewing some unique people related to the pro wrestling and MMA industries. We'll try to get some football players as well as we get closer to football season, but we're try- trying to keep it a little combat sports focused this week. Last week, we had Will Ferrara of Ring of Honor and one of my favorite interviews. He's a guy that not a lot of people knew about. Really cool. Talked video games, talked Ring of Honor, talked the Hardys, ironically enough. Talked about the Ring of Honor Dojo, so you can check that out. It's uploaded right now on YouTube.com slash The Sports Courier, this YouTube channel, as well as SoundCloud.com slash TSC News. And if you're not in Manhattan and you're wondering how the hell can you watch TSC News on TV, easy. Go to MNN.org. That's MNN.org. Click on the MNN2 link, which is the Lifestyle Channel, 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time. You can follow me on Twitter with for the links and everything. Click on it Thursday morning, and you can watch me talk about pro wrestling and mixed martial arts to a massive audience so thank you all for the support scott thanks for chatting with me everybody that's watching that's listening right now thank you very much again if you haven't subscribed already youtube.com slash the sports courier check me out on mnn check us out on soundcloud.com slash tsc news if you don't like soundcloud you don't have the app you could find our podcast on itunes stitcher google play you name it we got it Whew. 
Long night, Scott. Long night. Yes, sir. Thank but, you once again. Great, uh, you know, great to do this with you again. And uh, yeah. And, and one and one last thing, because Manpreet said that he's on the West Coast and you have to wake up 6.30 a.m. on Thursday to watch me live. Well, Manpreet, my show on Manhattan Neighborhood Network is available on demand next day on YouTube and on SoundCloud. So we got you covered, my friend. Until next time, everybody, as always, enjoy the matches. And thank you very much, Mark Calloway, a.k.a. The Undertaker, on an incredible career. We truly appreciate the memories.